The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Hey guys, it's Gabby, and welcome to What's Gabby Cooking in Quarantine. For those of you who don't know me, I'm Gabby. I'm the founder of What's Gabby Cooking, a food website. I'm a best-selling author, and now I'm a podcast host. What's Gabby Cooking in Quarantine is your one-stop shop for all your food and cooking-related questions. We'll be talking tips and tricks, how to store food, how to put together meals based on what's in your pantry, and so much more. Plus, every episode, I'm going to be highlighting a super cool company that's doing awesome things in terms of home delivery, since we're all limiting the amount of time we spend at the grocery store. So without further ado, this is What's Gabby Cooking in Quarantine. You guys, we made it to Friday. It is a long weekend. I am so excited to do nothing. I feel like if you need me, send me a DM, but I'm going to be horizontal for the next three days. (laughs) Okay. Welcome back to the podcast. Let's get right into it. Hi, Gabby. This is Christine from Dallas, Texas. I got to meet you in New York back in December and can't wait for your book tour to get back up and going so that I can see you again. Love the podcast. And love hearing from you multiple times a day. And your IG lives are just giving me life. My question for you is how to weekly menu plan. I know that you post your weekly menu plan, but sometimes doing multiple recipes in a week is just overwhelming. And especially when we're home all the time. So any tips you could give on like how to pick the cuisine so we're not just eating tacos every night, although that's not a bad thing would be much appreciated. Have a great day. Bye. Hi, Christine. Oh my gosh. That was such a fun day in New York. And I am also very excited to get back on the road for book tour. Dallas will be one of my first stops. Okay. Let's talk about meal planning because when we started doing the meal plans on the blog a couple years ago, I didn't really know how they would go over. And now they are without a doubt the most popular form of content we have on What's Gobby Cooking. So here's how I like to think of it. There are four main categories I think of when I'm putting together a meal plan. One is protein. Like how many nights do I actually want to have chicken or do I want to have fish that week, shrimp, um, or do I just want to do vegetarian a couple nights? I kind of think about it. That's to start. Um, And then I think, all right, I'm similar to like, I could have tacos every night of the week forever and it would be fine. But maybe I want to do something that's a little like has a little Asian flair or a little something Italian or whatever it is. So I try and break it up a little bit. So there's a little like maybe there's something classic American one night, maybe something Mexican, something with an Italian Mediterranean vibe, and then maybe some sort of like larb or something on another day. That way, everything has different flavor profiles, but it's like, you know, none of my recipes are going to be complicated. Another thing I think about when I'm meal planning is carbs. How many nights a week am I going to have pasta? The answer, if it was just me, could be seven very easily. But Thomas is like, we've had pasta five nights in a way, you know, blah, blah, blah. And then the last thing is what's in season. So how bountiful is my CSA? Do I have stuff to make salads every night? How many vegetables I want to do? So once we have those four things kind of top of mind, I sit down and I make a list. Like if we're going to do chicken larb on Tuesday, what else can I, if I make a little bit extra rice, what can I do with that rice on Wednesday? Which the answer for me would be like a fried rice or another bowl or something like that. So that way it all becomes like this, this very like, it's a big puzzle, but it actually is quite simple when you think about it. Um, 
And that way I can space out and make things last a little bit longer. I hope that was helpful. Meal planning is very complicated. The other thing I'll say about meal planning is, you know, some nights it just doesn't work out. I'm like, I can't bring myself to make some food. We're going to have avocado toast. And I think that's really okay. And you should give yourself the option of doing that. But there are 52 weeks of meal plans on What's Gobby Cooking. If you need any ideas, I am always here for you. Hi, Gobby. It's Lauren from Kailua, Hawaii. And I love your podcast. And I subscribe to your cookbook. And if I weren't moving in a few weeks, I would be cooking everything under the sun. I see that a lot of your Asian-inspired dishes call for almond butter. I developed an allergy to almond butter uh, about 10 years ago. So I can't have anything like almond milk, almond butter. And I know that peanut butter might be a too strong substitute sometimes. So what would you recommend? that I substitute almond butter for in those recipes. Thanks so much. Bye-bye. Hi, Lauren. Um, Great question. Let's get into the nut butter situation. So I would say without a doubt, you could substitute any almond butter, you know, recipe on my site or my cookbooks with a sunflower butter or a cashew butter. I think either one of those would work. No problem. You know, sign sealed delivered. I think peanut butter would work for a lot of them. If you love peanut butter, go for it. It's just going to have that peanut flavor. Like if it's like a Thai noodle thing or something like that, go for it. I love peanut butter in a savory application. I think you'll see it very rarely in recipes that like are cookies and stuff like that. But I think for the most part, you would be safe with the sunflower and cashew butter. And as nut butters have gained popularity, those are both pretty easy to come by. Hi, Gabby. This is Claire calling from San Diego. I have a question about how to make a dish less salty. Last night, my husband made a beef stroganoff and our toddler decided to dump a half a cup of salt in it. Don't want to waste it. Just wanted to see your thoughts. Thanks. Hi, Claire. A apologies for that happening. Toddlers are very, I mean, you can't trust them. You can't trust them at all. So the solution to pollution is dilution. Like that's the bottom line for this. You called in, I think, a couple days ago. I'm guessing you guys probably already used it. So for future or for everyone else listening who has a toddler who gets a little wild with the salt, you could add more water to it. I wouldn't add more broth because broth can be salty, but adding water and boiling it, like simmering it down will help. Acid is like a flavor mass. So if you wanted to do a little lemon juice or vinegar, that can be a saving grace and it can like really even out the salt overload. My other options, my other kind of go-tos are adding potatoes, like any sort of curry or something, even the stroganoff, if you added a bunch of potatoes into it and stirred those together, because potatoes technically like need a decent amount of salt to get them flavorful, that would be a great way to soak up the extra saltiness. You could also add cream. That would be another way to even it out. So I think those four things, adding potatoes, adding cream, acid, and then adding more liquid, a non-salty liquid, just basically water, would be my go-to solutions for an overzealous toddler. (laughs) Hi, Gabby. It's Paige from San Diego. I had a question about your favorite topic of hummus. I had made hummus recipes from your new cookbook, Orma, and the cauliflower spice dip. And I was wondering if you had a hack for peeling the chickpeas. 
Um, I know it makes the hummus much creamier, but it often takes me double the amount of time to prepare the recipe while I'm just peeling the chickpeas. So if you have any tips, let me know. Thanks. Hi, Paige. Okay, let's talk about this hummus situation. So yes, peeling the chickpeas I know is like the most tedious task ever, but it's worth it. I think everyone who's done it before can vouch for me on that. When you peel the chickpeas and you see all that like excess skin, basically that doesn't go into the hummus, you see why it becomes way more creamy. There are a couple ways to do this faster. One, if you have children, I would say give them the task. I think it's like great hand-eye coordination for them. Basically pretend at school and just like let them go to town. I read in Cooks Illustrated a couple weeks ago that what they did is they tossed the rinse and drain chickpeas from like a can with a little bit of baking soda. It'd be like one and a half teaspoons for a 14 ounce can and then heat them in the microwave or a skillet over medium high heat for like two to three minutes until the beans are hot. Then you transfer the garbanzo beans to a bowl and rinse with cold water. And once you like agitate that, that is supposed to help release the skins. Then you can float the like float to the top of the bowl of water and then you can take them away, take the, like discard the skins and make hummus. I have not personally tried it, but I know that a lot of people do that. You also can buy pre-peeled dry chickpeas slash garbanzo beans. I haven't seen them in quite some time, but I know they're available. I will do some digging. So hopefully I'll link to it on Instagram if I discover them in the next couple of days, because that would be a game changer for all of us. If we could just cook our own garbanzo chickpeas, whatever you want to call them in an instant pot and then make the hummus. Honestly, that would make quarantine so exciting. (laughs) All right. That's it for questions today. Cool company I want to highlight. So one of my mentors actually just gifted me some of this the other day, and we are obsessed. It's called Sitka Salmon Shares, and it is a CSA for fish. It's genius. So it's an Alaskan seafood company and you can subscribe to it for various prices a month. You can pick basically how often you want your fish, but it's during the fishing season up there and you can get everything from spot prawns and salmon, coho salmon, copper river salmon, halibut, cod, all the things. It's literally just a CSA for fish. And I feel like it's all supporting super cool, small local farmers, like I'm sorry, not farmers, fishermen up in the Alaska area. So I'm obsessed. We just placed our first order. We did Sitka Seafood Share and it goes from July to November and I can't even wait. You'll see it, I'm sure, on Insta Live in the next couple of weeks. So check them out, SitkaSalmonShares.com. That is a tongue twister. If you have a lisp like me, I think you guys are going to love it. All right, that's it for today's What's Gobby Cooking in Quarantine podcast. Be sure to tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday for the foreseeable future until quarantine is over. (laughs) If you have any questions that you want answered, give me a call, 888-338-4429 and leave me a voicemail. Or if you have a super cool small company you know about that deserves to be highlighted, leave it as a voicemail as well. Make sure you subscribe on whatever platform you're using to listen and follow along with What's Gobby Cooking on Instagram and Twitter. And for more recipes, check out whatsgobbycooking.com and I will talk to you guys very soon. 